This is Mike Roth. Welcome to the Open Forum in the Villages podcast. In this show, we're going to talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs, and interesting folks who live here in the villages to give perspective of what's happening here in the villages and information that I think all villagers should have. We hope to add a new episode every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Congressman Daniel Webster, and we're going to be talking a little bit about what we think voters should know. Congressman Webster, thanks for joining me today. Great to be on. Thanks a lot, Mike. Congressman Webster, we live in a unique area here in uh, Sumter County where we have a lot of new residents, and maybe many of them don't understand what your history was before this election. So perhaps you could fill in the new voters here in Sumter County uh, on your history and your performance in the House of Representatives for the voters of this district. Well, first of all, I started in the uh, House of Representatives, State House of Representatives in Florida, uh, where Democrats controlled the governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, every, every office including the Speaker and President of the Senate, all that, had been held forever uh, uh, by Democrats. And I was uh, the one that led us to a majority in the Florida House, became the first Republican Speaker in 122 years, Mm -hmm. and uh, led us to new heights. And we have not lost the majority since then. We, matter of fact, we now are a Republican state. Many uh, almost all, all of our elected officials, except one that are statewide, are they're all uh, they're all Republican now. So anyway, that's the Speaker of the House, first one in 122 years uh, as a Republican, and we uh, didn't turn back. Stayed on course, kept going, grew our numbers, grew in the Senate and House, Governor's Mansion, all of that. We've uh, we've won every one of them since. And what and, year was uh, that? That was in 1997 mm-hmm. that took place. Okay. And how long have you been serving in Congress? I've been serving in Congress for, well, I went to the Senate after I was turned out in the House, went to the Senate, served there as majority leader there, then went to Congress uh, in 19, I mean, 2010. And mm-hmm. uh, that's so 12 years I've been in the uh, U.S. Congress. So you've been elected? And, every two years for the last 12 years. Yes, Good. each time. Matter of fact, I, I beat some notables. Uh, one was Alan Grayson. Uh, he's running again for Congress, but he was a member of Congress and I was able to beat him. And we were the majority makers uh, that year. And mm-hmm. then Val Demings is running against Marco Rubio for the Senate ran against me and I beat her too. She later came in a new in a different district and came to the legislature. Now she's running for U.S. Senate. So mm-hmm. a couple of people that are, you know, just pretty, pretty notable. And uh, I took care of them. And I, I expect Marco to do the same with her. Right. Uh, in, in, in looking back over your years in Congress, can you share with uh, our listeners what you consider some of the high points of the, that you've accomplished in the last 12 years? Well, uh, my one thing I wanted to do was kind of cut, turn off the spigot of spending. 
And so I, I decided to do, uh, do it in a way that was not only real outwardly, but also personal, too. I felt like I had an obligation. Somebody said if we cut our spending back to 19, 2008, then we could balance the budget. So I, uh, I cut my salary, give it back every year. I've given over $50,000 back to the federal government, cut my expenses in my congressional uh, office, uh, which we get millions of dollars to do that. I cut, uh, I cut $4 million out of my budget there over the years. Each year I turned back uh, more than anyone else. Matter of fact, the Orlando Sentinel, I think, called me the most frugal member of Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I've... Um, I did that for my constituents, too. There are many of them who were due money, needed to get money, and uh, it was due them. They were uh, misclassified, so forth, mainly veterans that did that. And uh, we've gotten over $12 million in retro checks for them. So the, the, the problem is people combine fraud, waste, and abuse. So fraud and abuse are against the law, and they're punishable by pr- imprisonment or or uh, fine or both but waste unfortunately is rewarded and if you don't spend it you don't get it which is foolish so that's when i started doing these turn back monies because i realized somebody needed to prove that you can get by with less than what we're spending now we don't have to spend it but every dollar that's appropriated in the in the u.s congress is done so uh, with a champion unfortunately so mm-hmm. it's always cut them. Don't yeah, you should cut them, but don't cut me. Don't cut my money. Don't don't do this. So anyway, uh, I've been on a crusade to do that to bring our spending. We haven't done as great as we could. We did have a a vote at least on a balanced budget uh, several years ago, and that was the highlight of my career. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic thing, but we failed by one vote in the Senate by former Senator John McCain. Mm-hmm. So. That, but that was a, a long battle that really nearly worked out. Uh, we also at that time voted to cut money out of the budget, uh, which we did that one year. It was supposed to be a 10-year project. We did one year. We did a billion dollars, uh, $100 billion, and there was a, uh, an opportunity to do another amount, a uh, similar amount, and that uh, just – couldn't happen. And so Paul Ryan, unfortunately, uh, cut a deal uh, with the Democrats to uh, for a two year period, supposedly. And after that two year period, we never got back to the fact it was called called the uh, it was called the initially the the uh, balanced budget or just the reduced spending budget. That was going to be a 10 year program. It lasted one year and then stopped. So anyway, but those were some of the highlights. I felt like they were really awesome. We did get some cuts, uh, but not as near as many as we wanted. What did you do before you uh, took political office? Oh, say that again. Before you even ran for the Florida House of Representatives. What, yes. What was your occupation? Yes, I had uh, I my dad and I, my dad had formed a, a uh, mechanical contracting company. And uh, I went to Georgia Tech, got an engineering degree, uh, came back, worked in that business. I was happy. Uh, everything was going good. Uh, but uh, anyway, I was appointed to be the building committee chairman at my church. And I, it was just a volunteer position. 
And so we wanted to use a, a, a house on a, on a main thoroughfare that was right next to our property. And I, I went down, applied for a zoning exception so we could use it, and the county turned it down. And hmm. I said, well, why did you turn it down? They said, well, it's adverse to public policy. I said, Edward, I didn't know what to do. I, I voted. I did, that's about all I did. I said, adverse to public policy, this is the United States of America. And so they uh, they said, well, you, you know, I said, who sets public policy? They said the legislature. I said, okay. And I called my mom. I said, mom, I'm going to run for the Florida House of Representatives. And she said, don't you think you should start a little smaller? And I, I thought, well, maybe I should. But I didn't. I ran and I won. And I've been in it ever since. Hmm, very good. An engineer. My mom, my mom gave me a card when I graduated from Georgia Tech that said, uh, four years ago, I couldn't even spell engineer. And mm -hmm. then I opened up, opened up the card and it says, now I are one. Well, so maybe I, I are one. Okay. This is an important year, Congressman Webster. What do you think really matters to uh, us Sumter County residents as voters? Well, I think uh, what really matters, uh, the the district number one. The district is a, has a large share of seniors. It's the largest in the entire country, with the oldest district, uh, voter wise, in the whole country of the two of uh, the of the three hundred thirty five uh, members of Congress. And so I'm uh, uh, I serve on committees, and I think we need to get ourselves in our, our in our uh, physical self in order. But I think the most important thing is we have. We had came close to uh, to bringing spending under control. We had um, a an economy that was rolling. We had other than COVID, and we had um, all kinds of uh, physical issues, including prices and inflation, and all of that were uh, were in control, and now they're out of control, including a border that was in control and now is out of control, and. And also the uh, price of gasoline, the same. And all of those things uh, were brought to light. And now here for almost two, almost two years, they've been lost. And we, I think our first job is to get those back, get our economy rolling again, get the prices under control, uh, control, not only gas prices, but also food prices and everything else that are control, get our borders under control, all of that. I think are the most important things we ought to be doing. Mm -hmm. Do you think the Republicans can take the House of Representatives back in this election in November? I think they can. And then say they would, but I think they can. I think it's a really good opportunity we have. If we can, and if we do, I think we'll bring under control many of the things that are happening that have been, in a sense, lost to the Democrats. They have determined to move to the left and instead of uh, even with just a five vote edge uh, work with the Republicans, they've decided not to do that. And they went ahead and just went to the left and voted in all these policies that are crazy. And uh, but I think we uh, in, a, in response by the by the electorate uh, can gain back control because they don't like what's happened. They don't like the inflation. They don't like the the uh, high gas prices. They don't like the 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 uncontrolled border border and all those things. I think if we uh, if we stick to our guns, stick to our issues, I think we can gain control. Mm -hmm. uh, you're a tenured congressman, uh, Mr. Webster. What do you think would happen if the district were to elect someone new who doesn't have tenure 
What effect would that have? Well, um, I think uh, this time there's a real difference between a senior and a young person. I, I believe that um, I bring a, a steady, uh, knowledgeable base uh, presentation to what ought to be done by, by Congress. And I think I bring some sort of stability there uh, and I fight for conservative policies, but I do it in a way that uh, would not bring any kind of irresponsible spending uh, or anything like that. And just, uh, I think I can, um, I can set a stage which says, look, uh, I, I can lead and I can lead in a way which brings success. And that's what I want to see. Um, someone that don't, doesn't have the knowledge of that has to learn it and then maybe bring about a change. I think I'm ready to do it right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think President Reagan had a statement about that where he forgave the yeah. <laughs> experience and naivety. Uh, Congressman Webster, what do you think it takes to accomplish uh, in, in the next uh, two years in Congress? And let's look at it from both perspectives. One, if the Republicans take control, what can we accomplish? And Unfortunately, if the Republicans don't take control, what can we accomplish? Well, I think if we take control, uh, which I believe we will do, it doesn't mean it's uh, utopia time because there's still a Democrat president. He can veto everything we do. However, we can stop many of the things that he's doing. And I think that would be because we control the purse strings uh, and the way money's spent and so forth. And so there has to be a... Uh, we can make them deal with us. If we gain the House and Senate, we become even more powerful uh, because we can uh, we can actually put things on the president's desk that he probably doesn't want to uh, fill with or doesn't want to sign. But I think they could have uh, the power of both houses, and that would uh, I think that would bring about a real change. So that's what I think. If we don't have uh, control of of the House uh, and or the Senate or both then I think we've got more of the same and uh, we become, uh, uh, in a sense, uh, 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 less powerful, less uh, because our vote becomes uh, less of a, an impact. And I think the uh, Democrats have shown if they get one vote, even a one vote edge, they're going to roll and they get their votes in order. Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing is we, we don't believe in proxy voting and uh, they've been able to hold their votes because they vote by proxy and uh, many of their members stay at home. And so they just, the, the other members vote for them. Uh, with our system, we'd have every vote, every person there and we can talk and deal in person and in that way be able to convince people to go our way. I didn't realize that the Democrats had proxy voting in Congress. I thought that the representatives in both houses actually had to show up. Yes, no. You, you, there's been days where a hundred Democrats are not there, hundred even more than that. Uh, they don't show up, and so they're not there. You can't talk to them. You can't lobby. You can't get to know them, and that makes a big difference in the just the dynamic of the way the House uh, House runs, mm -hmm. and it makes it uh, a lot tougher uh, to convince people to uh, possibly go with you in certain thing here or there. Uh, than it does if you're if they're there in person. It's a lot easier to convince them. Mm -hmm. I thought Val Deming, even Val Deming said, if you don't show up, you should be fired. Uh, <laughs> she's been 
She's been making a lot of noise about that. Yeah, she, she's, uh, no matter how they look at it, it doesn't change the fact that Val Demings voted 100% with Nancy Pelosi. She voted to, um, to uh, cut the police. She voted for their budget amendments. She voted for their budget and for the appropriations and all the things that go with it. She, she'd like to run from it. She's tried to run from it. She used her commercials to run for it, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if you and the Republicans get the majority in both houses, what can you do to stop the invasion to this country that's been happening? Because I think the southern border is not a little bit of leakage. I think it's a major invasion. Well, I think the the one thing, you know, the, like I said, the, the president can veto it. But in the end, we now have subpoena power. We have the opportunity to bring them into into the courtroom of the of the House of Representatives and plead their cause. We, we can also pass things that uh, they don't want to eat, but they may have to eat because it's just the way it is. And we can tie it to things that they want. They want things that we possibly could give them. We also want things that they will reluctantly have to give to us. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's how we can slow it down and maybe even stop it. Mm-hmm. Do you think if the Republicans gain control of both houses, the construction of the border wall will finally be finished? Well, I think we possibly could do that. I, I, it's going to take some trickery. But we're gonna we're gonna give it everything we've got. Uh, we believe that that money has already been appropriated. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of uh, doing it. And so we've got the we got the we just need the wherewithal to go out and make it happen. I think we've got that. Mm-hmm. Can you remind our listeners what committees you serve on in Congress? Yes, I serve on transportation and infrastructure, or road system. That's where I do most of my work. Also on natural resources, we have a huge portion of our, even our district right now uh, that's uh, owned by the federal government. Uh, it's set aside land, other things. Uh, there's estuaries, other th- and then there's also just our natural treasure, which is the, the Everglades. Um, and I've won an award there for protecting that uh, from the Audubon Society. I was the champion of the year uh, for, for the Audubon Society for protecting the Everglades. So we, uh, we do a lot of things with the environment, and that's one of them. But, but in, um, we also control the mining of minerals and other things that we need that we're having to get from China right now. And we can, uh, we can move things along. And the, the Democrats have not wanted us to do that. We want to do it. We want to make our own ships. We want to make it and have the materials to do it. So that's another thing. Then the last one is uh, that I'm on the space science and technology. I'm just drawn to that. That's the kind of work that I did uh, before I got into government. And I, uh, I love space science and technology. It's a great thing. And uh, I think there's a lot of good things. It's usually, uh, to the most part, a bipartisan committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, what minerals specifically were you talking about? Um, I'll name one, cadmium. There's, there's one, but I mean, there's there's all kinds of rare earths, but it can be not as much called a, a rare minerals. There's copper uh, up in the uh, Midwest, upper Midwest. Uh, is, it's copper country. And yet we've been uh, stymied by some of the things that the that the Democrats want to do to stop mining, stop uh, what's happening there. And then we have to go to the 
to uh, to China to get what we need. And I think that's something that's just got to stop. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you to put on your, this will be my last question before I ask you for your final comments. If you put on your crystal ball and say you, you accomplished the, the most important thing to you in the next two years, what would you accomplish? Well, I think everybody knows that we need money for roads and infrastructure. Sorry, and no, no one is interested in raising taxes to do that. But there, is, uh, there are business people, very wealthy business people, who want to invest pri in private money, private roads, uh, that would become public in a sense. They would become the states, but the state or the federal or the local would not have any financial interest in them at all. They would not have to, if there was a failure or something happened, they would have to eat that. It would be no cost to the government, but it would be more money. And that's uh, where it would come from. And each state could have an infrastructure bank uh, based on this. And it's also uh, our bill sets all that up. Uh, we, get, we had a little bit of movement with it and had some acceptance in the Senate. We worked it pretty hard, but it just wasn't the year. But we think this next year we could do it. And uh, it will add a whole new source of revenue and, um, and also direction to our transportation system. That's, that's my number one bill. Oh, very important. And if you could give uh, each one of our voters here in Sauter County uh, a, a message from you, you want them to know about before they, they voted, what would you say to them? Well, I, I would say that um, I, have a, I have a set of principles that I live by that, that uh, basically says every, we have a member-driven and a uh, member-driven principle-based Congress. That's what I'd like to see, and I, there's a whole lot to that. I won't go into it. Also, I believe in my family, I have a large family of uh, six kids are all married. They have 21 grandkids and uh, they've got a future to look at. And this debt and other things there, I want to fight for them. And then lastly, uh, I have a faith, a faith in, in my God. And I, I try to serve him. And I don't think I can separate that. Uh, it's part of my life. And so I live that out also. And so those are those are the three things uh, I'd like to do. There's lots of things out there, but a lot of them fall within the categories of what I just listed. Thank you, Congressman Webster. I appreciate you being here with us on Open Forum in the Villages. And I'm sure you'll uh, win the election and we'll have you back for another show after that. Is that fair? Sounds fair. Great. It's Thank all you very much. All good. Thank you so much, Mike. Good talking to you. Right. Bye. Bye. Remember, our next episode will air live next Friday at 9 a.m. Or should I say pre-recorded? But that's when it will be released on our regular subscriptions. Bonus subscribers can get early access to episodes. Should you want to become a sponsor of the show, contact me at MikeRoth.com at rothvoice.com. If you know someone that you think should be on the show, send me an email at mike at rothvoice.com. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyright by Roth Voice 2022, all rights reserved.